This is my Bible. It is the Word of God and the will of God for my life. I am who the Word says I am. I am the righteousness of God in Christ. I'm where the Word says I am. I'm seated right now in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus, the place of authority, dominion, and power. I have what the Word says I have. All the blessings of Abraham are mine. And I can do what the Word says I can do. I can do all things through Christ who gives me the strength. Today my mind is alert. My spirit is receptive as I am taught the Word of God. My life is changed for the better. And I will never be the same again. Amen. May be seated. And if you would, turn your Bible to Matthew chapter 14. Now, as we've been saying, and if you're tuned into what's going on, anybody dialed into reality knows that there are times of economic hardship coming. You know, Jessica and I, we have five kids. They're mostly younger. They're starting to get older. You know, we're, we're aware of what things cost. When we go to fill up the cars, we have two SUVs. When Jessica goes to the grocery store, it's hard to believe it's almost time for school to start again. So Jessica's going through the checklist of everything that needs to be done before they start school. Uniforms and school supplies and backpacks and, and all that goes with it. And so we're, we're very much aware of what things cost, as we all are. In these days, how do we not go backwards? In these days, how do we make progress? In these days, how do we walk in the blessing of the Lord? And you have to discipline yourself first to look to God as your source and supply. You got to look to the Lord as your source and supply. Praise God for the job. Praise God for this or that blessing. Praise God for this or that. But the Lord is our source. So first, look to the Lord as your source. Second, you have to take action on the word and be a doer of the word. And sadly, we, we live in a time, and it shouldn't surprise us, it is a fulfillment of New Testament prophecy, that people would gather unto themselves teachers that will say what they want to hear, what their itching ears want to hear. And we're, we're, we're embarrassed by it that in the faith world, there are those that are departing from the faith, departing from the word, they're, they're teaching without shame that grace means that we're blessed no matter what we do. Grace means that we're blessed no matter what we may or may not do. Grace means we're blessed no matter what decisions we make. And it is just complete and total nonsense. And it's going to wreck and ruin the lives of anyone that listens to it. And think about how evil and wicked Satan is. We live in times of increasing costs. We live in times when the powers that be, which are not just principalities and powers, but men and women possessed by evil, wicked spirits, they're, they're coming up with new ways to try and control people and to control the lives of people. And so they, they've got whatever nefarious plans going on in a time where there is a tightening on the horizon Sadly, you have men standing in pulpits telling the people that they're blessed no matter what they do. 
Well, how are they going to be affected in the years ahead? It is going to cause great harm. So you got to set all that nonsense aside. And first, look to the Lord as your source and supply. And second, in your life, no matter what the world is doing, no matter what people might be saying on social media or Facebook, in your life, be a doer of the word. In your life, take action on the word. I love how it phrased that in the testimony. The word works. The word works. We just have to work the word. In your life, work the word. In every area of life, which includes God's plan and your finances. And then third, live in expectation of the miracle and the provision and the blessing of God. As we've been learning the last few Sundays, our, our Heavenly Father, He is El Shaddai. We know Him by who He has revealed Himself to be. We know Him by His names. One of His names is Jehovah Jireh, which means He is the Lord God, our provider. And praise God, He's our provider. He's also El Shaddai. That's how He revealed Himself to Abraham in Genesis 17. He's El Shaddai, the Almighty God, the all-sufficient God, the God of more than enough. And he wants us to have more than enough in every area of life. And you have to renew your mind to that. And it's easy when we're here on Sunday morning or Wednesday night and we, we praise and worship the Lord and we're focused on the Word and we hear the preaching of the Word. But as you go out to work Monday through Friday or Monday through Saturday, you have to renew your mind to the Word of God as you fill up your car, as you go to the grocery store, as you pay whatever bills you have to pay, as you find out about this bill increasing by 10% or 20% or whatever it is, you have to, in those moments, renew your mind to the Word. Look to the Lord as your source. Remind yourself of who God is. He is El Shaddai, the Almighty God, the all-sufficient God, the God of more than enough. Why don't we say this? Say, my Heavenly Father... He wants me to have more than enough. Say, He wants me to have plenty. And as I said last Sunday, this requires that you set aside religious attitudes and religious cliches. There are people, and they're of the religious mindset, that God is fine with us having enough, meaning that at the end of the month, you got $1 left over or $5 left over. That, that doesn't feel good. That doesn't bring peace. That doesn't help you to sleep peacefully at night. You got to set all those religious ideas and cliches aside. Our Heavenly Father wants us to have more than enough. It is the will of God. Matthew 14, beginning in verse 14. When Jesus landed and saw a large crowd, he had compassion on them, and he healed their sick. I love how in the Gospels it frequently says he healed the sick, he healed all the sick, he healed every one of them. He had compassion on them and he healed their sick. As evening approached, the disciples came and said, this is a remote place, it's already getting late. Send the crowds away so they can go to the villages and buy themselves some food. Jesus replied, they do not need to go away. You give them something to eat. In Mark's gospel, Mark 6, verse 37, they responded, that would take eight months of a man's wages. Are we to go and spend that much? This would be like when the youth group gets back here in two hours or so. If uh, someone said to you, you need to go down the road to Chick-fil-A and buy everyone lunch. Even Chick-fil-A, your, your eyeballs would pop out just a little bit. 
And when our family goes to Chick-fil-A, it's about $50 now, and it's increasing every, every time. Imagine. And so people have the mindset that the disciples, they walked around like beggars, that they didn't have anything. And as I pointed out last Sunday, these were Jewish men in the first century. We know that Peter had a mother-in-law. They had families. They had wives. They had children. You think they went hungry? You think they were in need of food or clothes? Well, of course not. And so Jesus said, you give them something to eat. In Mark's gospel, they responded, that would take eight months of a man's wages. Are we to go and spend that much? They had it. Smile at your neighbor and say, they had it. Smile at your other neighbor and say, they had it. So they had it loaded on their, you know, Chick-fil-A gift card on their phone. They had the ability. But as I pointed out, these men, these grown men, they did not want to use what was at their disposal to be a blessing. And we know from the Gospel of John that it was a little boy that brought five loaves and two fish to Jesus, and that was what was used to produce this miracle. Verse 17, we have here only five loaves of bread and two fish. Bring them here to me, Jesus said, and he directed the people to sit down on the grass. Taking the five loaves and the two fish, he looked up to heaven. He gave thanks and broke the loaves. Then he gave them to the disciples, and the disciples gave them to the people. Now, now science can't explain this. In our, our natural human thinking, we cannot explain this. But this is what God does. He takes what is not enough, and he turns it into more than enough. We find out in Malachi 3 that we bring to the house of God a tenth of all that crosses our hands. And God has promised to open the windows of heaven to pour out so much blessing we can't contain it, to rebuke the devourer, to make sure the fruit of our lives are not spoiled. But how in these days, where every time we turn around, this costs more, that costs more, when someone says, yes, God, I'm going to obey you, I'm going to do what your word says, I'm going to honor you. That in days where things are tight, they bring to God a tenth. How do they have more left over at the end of the month? This is what our Heavenly Father does. It is His nature. It is His character. He is Jehovah Jireh, the Lord our provider. He is El Shaddai, the Almighty God, the all-sufficient God, the God of more than enough. He gave them to the disciples. The disciples gave them to the people. Verse 20, they all ate and they were satisfied. It was good. It was wonderful. What Jesus produced, what he multiplied was good and was wonderful. They didn't all just get a little itty bitty piece. They ate and they were satisfied. And you know there on that day you had all kinds of people with all kinds of metabolisms children of all ages, and they all ate and were satisfied. And the disciples picked up the 12 basketfuls of broken pieces that were left over. Now Jesus was the Son of God, and he operated on the earth as the Son of Man. Why, why did he not produce just enough? Just enough to feed every man, woman, boy and girl, just enough where they would eat and be satisfied but just enough to where there would be nothing left over. Well, it would go against the character and nature of God because he is El Shaddai, the almighty God, the all-sufficient God, the God of more than enough. 
They all ate and they were satisfied. Say this, say, my heavenly father, he wants me to be satisfied. Say, my heavenly father, he wants me to have more than enough. And you have to renew your mind to that. And as you take action on the word and become a doer of the word over time, you'll walk in the blessing of the Lord, but that takes place over time. So in real time, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, you've got to renew your mind to the Word and say what the Word says. And when you fill up your car or fill up your truck or fill up your SUV, you've got to say that He's meeting all of your needs. You've got to say that you're walking covenant with Almighty God. You've got to say that He's El Shaddai, that every need is met, every bill is paid. There is always plenty left over. You know, it seems so long ago but I, I remember when I would be 15, 16 years old and started working at the church and Aaron and I would, that's when the church was at I-30, so we would typically eat lunch in North Arlington. And I remember when Aaron and I would go to Candlelight Inn, North Arlington, and uh, they, they've raised prices since then. It, it's still not very expensive to eat there, but, but we would pray over our food. Thank you, Heavenly Father, that you bless our bread and water. You take sickness and disease away from our midst. We Thank you that we can eat where we want and when we want and pay cash. That, that might be a good confession to bring back as the prices of things rise. Because the world's message is that, well, golly gee whiz, we're supposed to do without. Or golly gee whiz, that, you know, we're going to have to make do this winter with spam. No, no steak. Nonsense. Who is our God? El Shaddai, the Almighty God the all-sufficient God, the God of more than enough. They ate and they were satisfied. They ate and they were satisfied. And the disciples picked up 12 basketfuls of broken pieces that were left over. The number of those who ate was about 5,000 men besides women and children. Now think about this. If the Lord could take care of 5,000 men plus women and children, he can take care of you. He can take care of your family. He can take care of your children. He can make sure that there is more than enough in your home. He can make sure that there's more than enough in your refrigerator. He can make sure that your car stay on full. You know, some people play the game. They, they, they drive around till, you know, they, they, they start, their car starts to do this. Because they're waiting another day in case gas prices go down 10 cents. Who... Do you serve? There are people that play the game and they drive half an hour out of their way to save 10 cents. Who do you serve? You know, I'm not the math person, Jessica, she's the engineer. But when you drive 45 minutes out of your way to get some deal, you are not pulling ahead. The other day I passed a place and I, I was trying to figure out what was going on, all these cars. Waiting, waiting, waiting. Well, they were waiting at a place where the gas is just a little bit cheaper. Is your time not worth more than waiting an extra hour or two? See, we, we've got to renew our minds to the Word of God. And we've got to renew our minds to who our Heavenly Father is. And yes, we're to be good stewards. And yes, we're not to be wasteful. But you've got to set aside religious attitudes and ideas that have you walking around and acting and talking as if you don't know the ancient of days, acting and talking as if he won't provide, acting and talking as if there won't be 
more than enough. If he could take care of 5,000 men, women, and children, he can take care of you. He can take care of your family. He can take care of your needs. He can take care of your bills. No matter, no matter how much this or that might increase, he can bring in more than enough. Say, say I serve the God who is the more than enough God. It takes faith that he is who he is. That'll bring his word to pass. That if because it's five degrees hotter, you're not going to go under. Because TXU charges a little bit more. So you got to stop getting on Facebook to complain about this or that. Or post your gas bill for all to see. Again, who do we serve? Who do we walk with? What is his nature and what is his character? There wasn't just enough. There was more than enough. And I, I checked this week to make sure all four Gospels record this fact. They all ate and they were satisfied. Let's say that again. Say, they all ate, they all ate. and they were satisfied. So, so the need was not mess, met by everybody going on a fast. I saw that this week. Well, the fall will be a good time for fasting. It is amazing how negative God's people get. Who... Do we serve El Shaddai? They all ate and they were satisfied. It's recorded in Mark. It's recorded in Matthew. It's recorded in Luke and in John. And John records that they ate as much as they wanted. They ate as much as they wanted. Like Abraham, our heavenly father, he wants to multiply you exceedingly. The Lord told his people under the old covenant through Moses that he wanted to increase them a thousand times. So say, say that, say a thousand times. And that's old covenant. That's not even new covenant. The New Testament tells us in Hebrews 6 and verse 14 that like Abraham, our heavenly father, he wants to bless us. He wants to multiply us. So his will is more than enough. Now let's go back to Luke 5. Luke 5 beginning in verse 1. And we come back to the, the question that I began with. So in these days, with these circumstances, how can we make it? How can we break even? And how can we not just break even? How can we pull ahead? You're going to have to look to the Lord as your source and supply. You're going to have to take action on the word and be a doer of the word. And you're going to have to live in expectation of miracles. And we all have to learn to lift up our eyes at whatever level God has blessed us with. Last Sunday, I, I shared how Jessica and I had a miracle last Saturday. I was going to take, someone had blessed us, I was going to take Samuel to the Rangers game along with Aaron Wood. He was going to bring Jackson. And Jessica said, I, I told the story and didn't even say whether we got to go. We still got to go. Amen. That's the blessing of the Lord. And so I'd gotten ready to take Samuel to the game and looked outside and there was a lot of smoke behind our property, and then I saw flames, and I thought, oh my goodness, and went out there. And a neighbor that hasn't mowed their yard all year, I guess they decided that last Saturday was a good time in that crazy heat, and they, they started a fire. And so went out there, and praise the Lord, the, the fire department was already there working on it, but it was amazing how that fire stopped at our fence line at both corners, it did not cross onto our property at all. A true, true miracle. 
praise God. His word is true. He rebukes the devourer for our sake. But now I'm going to tell you another side of this to help you realize that each of us at our level, at whatever level God has brought us to, we have to continually renew our minds to the Word of God. We have to continually look to the Lord as our source. We have to continually take action on the Word and live in expectation of miracles and the provision of God. When we got home from our family vacation in June, my wife told me, she said, Austin, it's hot. We're on five acres. And Typically, we don't start watering the back until August when it's really hot. Well, we got back in June. It was hot, hotter than normal, typical. My wife, you know, you, husbands, you need to listen to your wife. Be led by the Holy Spirit, but also listen to your wife because she's led by the Holy Spirit too. And she told me, Austin, you, you've got to start watering back there. You've got to turn that on. Well, the first thing I thought of was how much, and all the men can relate to this, she says, turn it on. The first thing I thought about was what? How much is that going to cost? Because see, typically, you know, my mindset, I'm not turning that on until August 1st. So I turned that on end of June, but it just seemed to get hotter and hotter and hotter. So we're watering everything more, watering the whole yard more. Well, I can't just water the back like we've watered previous years. Got to water, water more. And now the, the city, they got smart meters. And now, you know, it, 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 now it emails you. You're using more water than you used last year. Yes! A daily update on how many gallons. I think we're up to an average of 16,000 gallons a day. <laughs> and I'm going to tell it myself. Because this last Saturday morning, or two Saturdays ago, same day we had that miracle, you know, that, that morning I came home, I was looking around and thought, well, things are looking pretty good. I wonder if I can start to dial things back to save some money. Now, can you imagine if we had a fire at the backside of our property and my wife found out I had dialed back the water to try and save some money? And I tell this not to tell on myself, but to illustrate that each of us in our lives, no matter how God has blessed us, no matter how God has increased us, no matter what miracles he has done, we have to all discipline ourselves to renew our minds to the word of God, to look to the Lord as our source, to be doers of the word, and then be in expectation of miracles. And to say and confess, the Lord will provide. To say and confess, the money will come in one way or another. To say and confess that he will provide, and not just enough, he will provide how much? More than enough. And so even me, even in my life, even my father in his life, we have to find ways to do that at every level of blessing. Luke chapter 5, beginning in verse 1. One day as Jesus was standing by the lake of Gennesaret with the people crowding around and listening to the word of God, he saw at the water's edge two boats left there by the fishermen, one there washing their nets. He got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, and asked him to put out a little from shore. Then he sat down and taught the people from the boat. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into deep water, let down the nets for a catch. Simon answered, Master, we've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything. And remember, these men were married. Remember, these men had children. Remember, these men had people counting on them. And so they had a need. There wasn't enough. He said, Master, we've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything. But because you say so, 
I will let down the nets. When they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish, their nets began to break. So they signaled their partners in the other boat to come and help. And they came and filled both boats so full, they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, Go away from me, Lord, I am a sinful man. For he and all his companions were astonished at the catch of fish they had taken. And so were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, Simon's partners. Then Jesus said to Simon, don't be afraid. From now on, you will catch men. So they pulled their boats up on shore, left everything, and followed him. And again, I pointed out last Sunday that these men had people counting on them. So how could they do that? How could they leave behind their, their businesses to follow Jesus, to walk with Jesus? Well, they had seen what had taken place. They had met the master of provision. So they pulled their boats up on shore, left everything and followed him. Would they then do without because they left everything? The answer is no. Jesus said in Mark 10, beginning in verse 29, I tell you the truth, no one who has left home or brothers or sisters or mother or father or children or fields for me in the gospel will fail to receive how much more a hundred times as much. Say a hundred times. And see, this is what is so evil and wicked and despicable about men that are supposed to be ministers leading God's people to believe they don't need to do the work. Because Jesus said, I tell you the truth, no one who has left home or brothers or sisters or mother or father or children or fields for me and the gospel will fail to receive how much more? A hundred times as much in this present age. Homes, brothers, sisters, mothers, children, and fields, and with them persecutions, and in the age to come, eternal life. So how do we see what is not enough become more than enough? You have to put it in the hands of God. You have to trust God with it. At whatever level you're at, you have to put it into the hands of God. You have to trust God with it. And that, of course, begins with the tithe. We honor him with the tenth of all the increase that crosses our hands. Now, again, this is very real for me. You know, it's in the news, a famous minister talking about how people don't have to do this, don't have to do that. Well, again, I'm thankful that I'm a tither because I tell you what, Rebuilding our home and property would be a lot more expensive than tithing. Ninety percent blessed is more than a hundred percent cursed. Ninety percent blessed is more than a hundred percent where the devourer is at work and is given free reign. Now I got one of those email notifications about, you know, Austin, you've, you've, you've used more water than normal the past 24 hours. You know, they had a little form you fill out. Well, I discovered we did have a sprinkler valve leaking, got that fixed, so they had a place you let them know. Well, they, they nearly forgave all of last month's bill just because I took five minutes to fill out their little website form. You know, I thought they might give us a $50 credit or something or a $100 credit. So how blessed are we that they nearly forgave the entire last month's bill? That is 
the blessing of the Lord. I said, that is the blessing of the Lord. Because they could look at it and say, who is this guy and who does he think he is when it's so hot to be using so much water? And instead, I just took a little time, let them know we got something fixed, and they nearly forgave all of last month's bill. So see, that, that, that's the blessing of God. Unexplainable blessing. Unexplainable provision. People doing things for you, they're not doing for anyone else. So I'm just going to work the word. I'm just going to be a doer of the word. I'm just going to walk with God. And so in days when the cost of this is increasing, the cost of that is increasing, what is the answer? The answer is to trust God. The answer is to put what is not enough into the hands of Jesus and to ask him to multiply it, to make it more than enough. Verse 11, they pulled their boats up on shore. They left everything and followed him. Verse 5, Simon answered, Master, we've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything. So they had a need. They didn't have enough. Not only did they not have enough, the boat was empty. The boats were empty. And this is the key to the miracle. The second half of verse 5. But because you say so. You know, it's amazing to me how people will look for someone who will tell them what they want to hear. They'll, they'll look for a preacher that'll tell them their sin or a particular sin is okay. That does not lead to the blessing of God. My approach is, Lord, I'll do whatever you want me to do. Lord, I'll do what your word says do. And that is the key to the blessing of the Lord. Because you say so. Peter, the fisherman, the uneducated fisherman, Jesus, because you say so, I will let down the nets. And what was the result? Verse 6, when they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish, their nets began to break. Say this, say, as I sow, I'm reaping more than enough. Say, as I put not enough into the hands of Jesus, I'm reaping more than enough. It's too complicated for a spreadsheet. Because gas and grocery, it's all changing every day. You're going to have to look to God as your source. You're going to have to work the plan of God. You're going to have to be a doer of the word of God. You're going to have to sow that you may reap more than enough. The catch was huge. The nets began to break. They called for help. The catch was so large, the boats began to sink. That's a lot of fish. Some would say it's too many or too much, but that's what our heavenly father does. He blesses us with more than enough. The first year we moved into our property, that first summer, it was hot, like this year. We needed rain, and I remember believing God for rain and thanking God for rain, and it raining, and it raining a lot. There was a day we had family over, and things were starting to look dry again, and family members said, well, it hasn't rained yet. And I, I just burst out laughing and said, it's going to. And before they got home, down the road, it started pouring, pouring, pouring. Nothing is too hard for our God. Nothing is too hard for him. He will meet you at whatever place you can believe him at. That's what he does. He blesses us. He increases us with more than enough. Hebrews 6.14, Surely blessing I will bless thee, and multiplying I will multiply thee. So you're being blessed. You're being multiplied. 
The world may go backwards. The world may be in need. But as the people of God, we're being blessed. We're being multiplied. Satan's a liar and he's a deceiver. And those that work for him, they're liars and they're deceivers. Satan and the powers that be, the principalities and the powers, they will tell you that there isn't enough. They will tell you that we're going to run out. Well, with our Heavenly Father, there is plenty. With Him, there isn't just enough. There is more than enough. Say, say what Paul wrote in 2 Corinthians 9, 8. Say this, say, in all things, at all times, I have all that I need, plus more than enough. Say it again, say, in all things, at all times, I have all that I need, plus more than enough. These are bridges of faith you have to cross that God will provide, that God will provide. I remember one day I was getting my hair cut, and the lady that did our hair in those days, she, you know, she, it was early on, she asked how many children Jessica and I wanted to have. I said five. You know, she nearly fell over, passed out. Her question was, well, how are you going to pay for all those children? My God is Jehovah Jireh. My God is El Shaddai. He is the Lord, our provider. He is the almighty God, the all-sufficient God, the God of more than enough. And he, he provides one way or another. He provides whether it's a blessing here or a blessing there. He provides whether it's someone letting you know, well, we're, we're canceling this month's bill, whatever it is. He provides one way or another. But you have to take what is not enough and put it into his hands so he can multiply it and turn it into more than enough. But it's a bridge of faith. You know, some people can't cross the bridge, whether it's one child or two children. You gotta cross the bridge of faith and believe God and look to God as your source and God as your supply. And when Jessica and I got started out, if you told us there would come a day where breakfast would take more than a dozen eggs and several packs of bacon, I would not have believed it. This past week, we took the kids to Fossil Rim they said an ostrich egg is equal to 24 chicken eggs. I think we need some ostriches on our property. People keep talking about chickens. It's not enough. We need some ostrich eggs to feed those kids. It's perspective. It's attitude. It's confession. Who do we serve? What is his nature? What is his character? Say it again. Say in all things, at all times, I have all that I need plus more than enough. Now again, how can we prosper and pull ahead in these days? First, be a doer of the word of God and honor God with the tenth of all the increase that crosses your hands. Stand on his word. Take action on his word. Believe him to bring his word to pass. Second, hear and obey God's instructions. Be led by the Holy Spirit. Peter said, we worked hard all night. We haven't caught anything. But because you say so. You have to hear and obey his voice. You have to be led by the Holy Spirit. And that goes against what the mind tells us. There have been times where Jessica's been driving through a place for lunch. The Holy Spirit will move upon her heart. There have been times she's gone back, gone inside, gone back to the, through the drive-thru. Another time to be a blessing to someone, to give them money. You know, sometimes it's the little seeds that produce the greatest harvest. You have to hear and obey. You have to be led by the Holy Spirit. 
and look for opportunities to take what is not enough, to put it into the hands of God so that Jesus can multiply it and turn it into more than enough. And that's part of the reason why we give and are a blessing into the St. Paul Scholarship Fund. Jessica and I, we receive the same employee discount everyone else does that works for the church or school. And so our children's tuition this upcoming school year with that discount, it's about $24,000. Yeah, I remember when it was just Sophie. Now it's all five. We have to look to the Lord as his source. And so what do we do? We take these various seeds along the way. We put it into the hands of God and we believe him to multiply that into more than enough. So there isn't just enough, there's more than enough. So there isn't just enough left over, there is more than enough. You know, Jessica, every year, she'll get one or two of them new backpacks. We don't do all five every year. So this year it's Sophie's turn. But she's really getting the raspberries from Michaela and some of the others that it's not their year for a new backpack. So don't, don't let me lead you to believe we're just frivolous at your level, you've got to believe God at your level. You've got to walk by faith at your level. Amen. So first, be a doer of the word and honor God with the time. Second, hear and obey his instructions. Be led by the Holy Spirit. That's what Peter did. He said, because you say so. He had every right to be discouraged, but he was willing to obey. He met the demand of faith. Verse 6, when they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish, their nets began to break. So they received their miracle when they did what Jesus said do. They received their miracle when they did what Jesus said do. And think about how evil it is for a minister to say, well, you don't have to do what the word says. You don't have to do this command anymore. You don't have to do this or that anymore. Because when did they receive their miracle? When they did what Jesus said do. You will live a life of miracles. You'll begin living a life of miracles when you become a doer of the word of God. It's a bridge of faith. You have to cross it. You'll begin living a life of miracles when you begin obeying God. You'll receive your miracle when you do what the Lord tells you to do. And sometimes it's some bigger thing. Sometimes it's some more challenging thing. Sometimes it's a very simple thing. It could be at the grocery store and the Lord moves upon your heart to bless someone with groceries. Now it's Texas. You have to be careful doing this at a gas station. Don't, don't just approach people and get hurt in Texas doing that. But you could be at a gas station and maybe there's a friendly, non-confrontational way to bless someone by filling up their vehicle with gas. And you might think, Austin, that's crazy. Well, we reap whatsoever we sow. And you want more than enough in that area. Have you considered sowing in that area? Have you considered being a blessing in that area? We reap whatsoever we sow. In your life, you'll begin living a life of miracles when you become a doer of the word of God. You'll receive miracles when you begin obeying God. You'll receive your miracle when you do whatever the Lord tells you to do. Our Heavenly Father will not be a debtor to any man. Peter's gift had to be repaid. That boy gave Jesus five loaves and two fish. The crowd was fed. They ate and they were satisfied. How much was left over? 
12 basketfuls. Did that, go, did that boy go home that day with less or with more? It's a test of faith to put what is not enough into the hands of God and to let him multiply it. You can live a life of harvest if you'll hear and obey God. When our Heavenly Father asks us to obey or take action or to give, he's not trying to get something from us. He's trying to bless us. He's trying to increase us. Say this, say, as I sow, I am reaping more than enough. Now, miracles are one kind of harvest. Miracles happen as we obey and take action. James 2 and verse 17 says, in the same way, faith by itself, if it is not accompanied by action, is dead. Some translations say worthless or useless. So faith is not faith without action. And this is why seed faith giving works. It means taking action in faith. Miracles don't happen by luck or chance. Miracles happen as we take action in faith. So our Heavenly Father, He's not trying to diminish us. He wants to increase us. He wants to bless us. He wants us to have more than enough. But it's a test of faith to take what is not enough and put it into the hands of God and to let Him turn it into more than enough. Jesus said in John 10, 10, I have come that you might have life how? More abundantly. That doesn't just mean enough. That means more than enough. More abundantly. Who does our heavenly Father give seed to? Look at 2 Corinthians 9 and verse 10. Now he who supplies seed to who? Is there a harvest without sowing? So again, think how wicked this is to tell people they'll be blessed regardless of whether or not they sow. Picture a farmer. He has corn. He takes that corn out into the field. He sows it. And think about all the ways in which that corn could be used. That corn could be used, cooked, prepared, eaten. That corn could be used to make bread, to feed a family, to feed children. But he takes a percentage of that corn. And he goes out and he puts that corn into the dirt. That corn is not wasted. That corn is being sown and being planted. And what it produces is more than the seed that was sown. God supplies seed to the sower. Now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. So when we prove ourselves to be sowers, over time, he supplies and he increases our store of seed. He increases our capacity to give, to be a blessing, to be generous. Look at Philippians 4.19. I'll read it out of the King James. But my God shall supply all. How many? All. Even our gas bill? Yes. Even the groceries? Yes. Even what it costs to feed and clothe the children? Yes. Shoes not just for school, but also for athletics? Yes. Will God cover tuition? Yes. My God shall supply how many? All. See, we have to renew our minds to this. My God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. So it's a test of faith. To look to God, to look to him as your source, to step out in faith, to be a doer of the word and to live in expectation of provision 
and more than enough. It is a test of faith to put what is not enough into the hands of Jesus and to let him turn that into more than enough. Say this again, say in all things, at all times, I have all that I need plus more than enough. We're not going to go backwards. We're not going to decrease. No, no matter what goes on in the world, we are going to forcefully advance. The church's income will increase. Your income will increase. As we've been saying, if anyone, for any reason, if a job is lost, it'll be replaced with a better job, with better pay, with better benefits. That's less stressful with uh, better people to be around. Amen? Say what you want. Our Heavenly Father is El Shaddai.